Welcome to the Radiant Church Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Grab a Bible or open up your favorite Bible app as we get into God's Word together. Well, good morning, Journey Church and Radiant Church and all of our extended family members that are out there. Thank you so much for joining with us. This really is a special opportunity. You know, we exist as the Church of Charleston, not just individual churches, but churches together. I'm really excited that today I get to uh, work through God's scripture with my brother, uh, Pastor Philip from Radiant Church, and uh, we're going we're gonna to study God's word together today as our churches are gathering together uh, at, at our home. So uh, excited to do that. Pastor Philip, would you do this? Would you lead us in prayer? I would be glad to. Yeah. Church, why don't you pray with us? Father, thank you for gathering in this, in this moment as we are scattered together. Um, huddled in homes and offices and coffee shops and wherever we may be, let the power of your word transcend barriers um, of technology and speak to our hearts. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. What we want to do is we want to jump into 1 Samuel chapter 22. So if you've got your Bible, and I hope you do, go ahead and go there. We're going to be looking at the subject of isolation uh, as we've thought through this, like, where, where are people? What is our country going through? Right now, we're all stuck at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of us, though, are dealing with this feeling of isolation. And in this passage, uh, David is dealing with that. He's going to find himself in a cave. So let's jump right into this. This is 1 Samuel chapter 22, starting in verse 1. It says this, David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers... And all of his father's house heard it. They went down there to him. So here's what we see. David is in a cave. Now, I don't know that. I don't have a man cave at my house. Do you have a man cave at your house? I have two children, so no. No man cave, yeah. (laughs) No man cave. It got graduated out. (laughs) Well, I don't either. But maybe you have. Maybe that's where you've had a chance to kind of huddle up and have some moments there. Uh, But David is in this cave, and he's with a group of people, just like you are. Uh, What we see in this passage is David is there with his family. We also see that he is going back to a hometown, this place in Moab. You see his great-grandmother, Ruth, was from there, and that is where they're heading back to. And there was a threat amongst the people, this dangerous threat for he and his family. Doesn't that kind of seem like where we're at? Locked up together with our families. There's a threat that's happening. I think what David is dealing with is something that we might be dealing with. The first idea here is this idea of isolation. Now, I did a little bit of studying, and a few things that I found said how dangerous isolation is for Americans, really for anybody. Here's one of the things that I discovered in my study. There was a uh, professor from BYU who says this. Listen to this. Loneliness and isolation is twice as harmful to mental and physical health as obesity. That is telling us that isolation is very, very dangerous. We also know this. Millennials are the loneliest generation to ever be on this planet. Even though there's all this social media and opportunity to connect, they are lonely. We also recognize that if we're going to torture people in prison, we put them in isolation. Can you see how dangerous this is? Now, we've been told as a people that we're supposed to do social distancing. I'm not sure if that is the best phrase. The truth is we've been asked to do spatial 
distancing. Social distancing is not good for us. Social distancing, not connecting with people, will create emotional distance. And that is the danger to which this professor is speaking of and one that we have to be careful of. So I want to give you a few things for you to think about, a few ways that you could put some action points to ensuring that you don't fall into the trap of isolation. Here's the first one. I want you to do this this week. This week, I want you to call someone. Uh, Pastor Philip and I have been on some phone calls this week with several pastors. One of the things that we've discovered in our phone calls is that pastors and their staffs who've been making phone calls, that they have discovered that phone calls right now have great, great power. So many thank yous, so many, this was great to talk to you. So do that this week. First thing I wanna ask you to do, make a phone call. Here's the second thing. I want you to consider what's going into your mind. I want you to think about your intake. I actually want you to guard your intake. Watching the news all day long is not good for you. Let me ask you this question. What are you spending more time considering? The world's news or the good news? I believe we should be focused on hearing from God. When I think about a cave, I'm also reminded that Elijah, he also was in a cave. And it was there that he heard the whispers of God. We have the opportunity with this quiet time to hear from God. We've got to make sure that we understand what we're letting in. Thirdly, I want to challenge you to start a new habit, a good, healthy habit. Uh, Tara and I have started doing this. We've started taking walks together at night. It has been so good. She has loved it, and we've talked more than ever. It has been a new, healthy habit. And I know it wasn't for this pandemic, we probably wouldn't be doing that. So what's a new habit that you could start that will draw you closer to God and to others? And then finally, I want to challenge you to leverage this time for a purpose. I think this is interesting. Did you know that King Lear was written by Shakespeare while he was in quarantine? Here's another one. Isaac Newton began to think on and developing his theory of gravity when he was in quarantine. Maybe this is the time that you've got something that you've been wanting to do. Maybe a book that you've wanted to read. Maybe a book that you've wanted to write. Maybe this is the opportunity to get started with that. Now, do know this. David is in a cave, but he's not alone, just like we're not. And I think that's the next part of this passage. Absolutely. We know from the scriptures and from our own experiences that misery does love a little bit of company. Mm -hmm. And so although David starts alone in a cave, he doesn't remain alone for long. So join me in verse 2 of of Samuel 22. It says, in addition, every man who was desperate, in debt, or discontented rallied around him, and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. Now, don't look at anybody beside you, but those who are poor, in debt, desperate, and discontented might describe those who are rallied around you in this season of life. Um, and so there's, a, there's an old saying, Pastor, well, maybe you heard this as well growing up, that um, who your friend group is or who you surround yourself is who you become. And so in this season of constant uncertainty and anxiety, there is a temptation even for the believer to become more like what's around us than the truth that we have within us. Mm -hmm. And so there is an old uh, example that I heard from another pastor many years ago about the difference between being a thermometer versus a thermostat. You see, a thermometer just tells the temperature. Mm -hmm. You put it in a kid's mouth and it tells you whether they have a fever or not. Mm -hmm. But a thermostat actually adjusts the temperature. Mm -hmm. 
And I believe in this season of gathering of uncertainty, of anxiety, that God is not calling Christians to be thermometers only, to just tell the temperature, to just echo the worries that we hear around us, just to echo the concerns that we hear around us, but to change the temperature, maybe even our own homes, Mm. from worry to joy. That's good from uncertainty to confidence in who Jesus is. And so I think one of the first principles that we can take away from chapter two is that David, although he was surrounded by those who were in debt, those who were distressed and those who were discontented, that that's not who David was. Mm. And so the old adage that you are who you become, we see there's an exception. Mm. You're not who around who you become. You're only around them. You only become them if you follow them. Mm. And we see in verse two that he didn't follow them, but he led them and became their Leader, And so I think, Christians, this is a time for us to, to lead our families, to lead our classes, to lead our peers and our friends towards a truth that maybe we can't see or feel right now, but we know about who our God is and we know who he's called us to be. And so we can rally not only ourselves, but even those around us to this great truth. And so those who gathered in the cave, maybe even selfishly joined David because he, you know, he became an exile. And so they felt that they were exiles too. And so they joined him, maybe even for selfish reasons. But David saw a moment to lead. Mm. He saw a moment to lead. And so the question that I was asking myself is, is there a moment for me to lead in this moment? Mm. Is there a moment for me to lead my family differently? Mm. The walks that you're having with your wife yeah. is leadership. Mm. It's, it's instigating and, and prompting a, a, different, a different response. Mm. A different response to worry and anxiety. Um, I know our churches have been doing prayer walkings together. Um, so we've been praying walking in the morning. And so that's, that's leadership. That's a way to set the tone for even your neighbors who maybe be afraid to even cross the threshold of the door to see believers walking around the street, praying for people they may or may not even know. And so Christian, the question is, how is God giving you an opportunity to lead right now? To set the temperature for the the room that you're in, whether it be a home, a classroom, an office job, um, whatever God has placed you in, how can you lead this and lead those around you to a place that's centered on who God is and what he's done? Mm. And so, but eventually, you got to leave the cave. Yeah. And that's what happens next. Yeah, David definitely leaves the cave and he's going to move right into action. There's so many people right now that are in action. Um, I think about the medical uh, personnel that we have in our city and all throughout the world um, man, they are making some huge sacrifices. If you're doing that, just want you to know we're praying for you and we are grateful for you. I also know there's plenty of business owners that are out there that are just stressed about what does this mean for my business? I put so much into this and what's going to happen. I also recognize that there's a few people who didn't sign up to be homeschool moms and dads that are homeschool moms and dads right now. And you are praising the people who've been doing that going, wow, I didn't know it was such a challenge. Uh, but you're stepping into it. You're moving into action. And that's something that I see happen in this passage. In verse three, we see David begin to move into action. Look at this with me. It says, and David went from there to Mizpah and of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, please let my father and my mother stay with you till I know what God will do for me. I love that the very first thing that David does is he begins to care for others. He is thinking about his family. He is moving into action. David's legacy and his life is in danger. So what does he do? Thinks about others. And that is exactly what we are supposed to do. I just feel like there's so many people who are doing this so well. I see people surrounded all around me who have moved into action. I see the church moving into action. I see my team moving into action. I know that you've seen your team move into action too. 
Absolutely. So uh, like every church in the country, we were thrown into a sudden response mm -hmm. um, of how can we continue to be the church, even though we can't gather with the normal rhythms. And so um, as you thank those who are serving as mothers and as medical workers, so many church members, unseen people behind the camera that you're watching right now, mm -hmm. serving in ways that we didn't plan or expect. And so just thank you to those people, even at Radiant Church and even at Journey Church, that have stepped up in this season so that the gospel can continue to go forth and community can still happen, even though you didn't necessarily expect this to be serving this way. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. I know that every Monday mm -hmm. I figure this thing out and then two <laughs> days later it changes and uh, it forces yeah. our staff to pivot every couple of days. But I know this, our, our team, they've been thinking about one thing. How can we shepherd our people during this? That's the, that's the phrase, how can we connect? How can we shepherd our people? I just want to say thank you to our teams and all that they've been doing. I want to say thank you to everybody who's out there who's stepping into this just like King David did, just like he is moving into action. I want to give you one other way that you could join the church of Charleston in a moment of action to serve and love our city. Uh, you can be a neighborhood ambassador. I want you to see this on the screen. You're going to see a website. It's Mission CHS Charleston. MissionCHS.org, and there you can sign up to be an ambassador for your neighborhood. It's as simple as this. You're going to let us know who you are. You are going to tell us what neighborhood you're in, and then you are going to walk your neighborhood. You're going to pray for your neighborhood. You're going to listen to God and listen to your neighbors, and then whatever you hear, if it's a need that you hear or if it's something you hear from God, we want you to obey. If everyone in our church, if everyone in Radiant Church, if the church in Charleston decides to do this together, we can serve every single person in the city. That is a way that we can move into action and not think about ourselves. I know this, hard times are here, but hard times can bring about some great fruit. And so we begin to see some of that fruit bearing forth. And I just want to echo some of the sentiments that Pastor Will just said. When we're in the cave, we don't see our, our moment as part of a larger story. We just feel the weight of being yeah. alone. Mm -hmm. We feel the weight of being surrounded by those who are in debt and discontented and distressed. And so we always can't, sometimes we wonder, what is God doing? Mm -hmm. Not just what is God doing, but where is he? In this moment. And so the word of God is so powerful because we get to oftentimes fast forward and see the fruit of how God is at work. And so I want you to go back and remind yourself of who is with David in the cave. Mm -hmm. Remember the family members, mm. but also those who are desperate, mm -hmm. those who are in debt yep. and those were whose work discontented. And so fast forward uh, in your Bibles to second Samuel. Mm -hmm. Twenty three. And in verses 8 all the way to the end of the chapter, you hear the exploits of David's mighty men, those David's warriors, the three, the 30. Yeah. Um, who were, where did these people come from? A lot of those men who became mighty warriors, a lot of those men who raised the funds to provide for the building of the temple mm -hmm. were those who started off in the cave with mm -hmm. David, mm -hmm. those who were distressed mm -hmm. and in debt and discontented. And so, mm -hmm. dear believer, don't despise the time when you're in the cave. That's right. God oftentimes used these moments to remind us of our dependency upon him. We see in Deuteronomy that he tells the people who are about to go into the promised land, he's like, when you get into that land, don't forget. Mm -hmm. Because you'll have a land of prosperity. You'll have a land of flowing with milk and honey. You'll have all that you need. And in those moments, aren't we all tempted to forget? Mm -hmm. 
And so God can use even these hard moments not to to break us down and to destroy us, but really build faith in us again to remind us where does our help really come from. It doesn't come just from our 401k. It doesn't just come from that direct deposit. It doesn't just come from the certainty of what tomorrow will bring, but it comes from God himself. That's right. And so although we may be in the cave now, we, we can't just fast forward in our own lives to see, okay, God, what you're doing, the Bible tells us that God is up to something. And just like God took those 400 men who were in the cave and were just the exiles and outcasts of society, and God molded those men into becoming the mightiest warriors this world has ever seen. Hmm. To people who could actually give of their resources and excess to fund, to build the temple. And so we get a chance to just fast forward and see God is up to something. Mm-hmm. And we can't see that now, but we know from God's heart that he is up to something great. Mm-hmm. You know, when we started studying this passage together, uh, Pastor Phillips said, you know, we got to be careful when it comes to applying the Old Testament to our lives because the Old Testament is also full of the mistakes that are made. If you just do what the people are doing, you might yeah. make some wrong moves. And David's one of those guys. He makes a lot of wrong moves. Yeah. But... There are some things that he's doing right here that's helpful, some things that we could consider how we could, how we could respond. Let me give you a few of those. First of all, he is taking advantage of this opportunity. He's not just whining about it. He's taking advantage of this. We want you to do that. Take advantage of this. Secondly, we know that he's keeping his eyes on the Lord. There are two Psalms that David writes in this past or in this time that we find in the Bible. He is keeping his eyes on the Lord. We also discover in this passage that he seeks out the counsel of a prophet. He's listening to godly voices, not the voices of this world. And he's looking to serve others. This is, this is who David is. This is what he's doing. And this is what we want to see you do. So I'm going to give a couple of actions. Pastor Philip's going to give some actions. And uh, we want to see if you'll respond this week to take advantage of this opportunity, to let God use this for some good. And if you be reminded, here they are. I want you to leverage this time with purpose. I want you to listen to the good news, not just the world's news. And I want you to think of others. Respond that way. How else could they respond? Exactly what happened earlier, that although David was surrounded by bad circumstances and even bad people, he didn't let that corrupt who he was. He didn't let that shake his belief in who God is. And so I would say one of the actions that God is calling us all to do is to lead in this situation, Mm -hmm. to not be thermometers who just tell what other people are saying or just feel what other people are feeling, but actually be thermostats for the gospel of saying, we're going to set the tone. We're going to actually speak life into death. We're going to speak hope into hopelessness. And so I think that's one of the challenges. And the good thing is we get a chance to do this every single day. Every single day there will be a tweet, a news article, another uh, piece of information that will give us an opportunity to do one of two things. One is to just believe in what we see and go into despair Mm. or to believe in who God is and what he has said and to lead into hope. Mm. And so I think if you would take anything else from what I've said this morning, just lead into hope because of who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing. That's awesome. That is awesome. Now, uh, David is not the answer. No. But he is pointing to the answer. As you said earlier, Pastor Will, that David was a man who was flawed. And if you want to hear just some of his flaws, the second Samuel verse chapters 11 all the way through 22 just highlight every mistake from um, just things that we could even say in front of children, right? <laughs> so this was a, a flawed human being. As great as he was and as much of a model as he was for faithfulness, he's not enough. Mm-hmm. He's not enough. And that same passage I pointed to earlier of second Samuel 23 Before you get to the listing of David's mighty men, you actually have a a prophetic word coming from uh, David. He says in verse five, is it not true my house is with God? 
for he has established a permanent covenant with me, ordered and secured in every detail. Will he not bring about my whole salvation and my every desire? And so as much as David was a great king and a great man, even he was looking forward to a true hope that would go beyond him. Mm-hmm. A true house that he couldn't be built with human hands, but a house of God that would stand forever. And we see that all these promises are fulfilled in Jesus. Amen. And so th- we are surrounded by great leadership. Mm-hmm. Pastor Will, you are leading your church well. And th- this time we have great leadership even in our city. But even th- as great as these leaders are, we're not enough. Not enough. Well, now, if you put your hope in a man, even a great man, you will be disappointed. And so the question that remains above all these applications, because you can be a, a thermostat, not a thermometer. Yep. You can do all the practical things that we've said, and those things by themselves will not be enough. Mm. The only question that remains is, have we put our faith and our trust in Jesus? Mm. And not just a decision that we made one time and one day, but daily, are we seeking to put our faith and our trust in him? Mm-hmm. And so if you don't know him, if you don't know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, maybe you know the rules of Christianity, but you've never had a relationship with the living Mm. God, Jesus, Mm -hmm. I invite you to reach out. Mm. I invite you, wherever you're watching this live stream, leave a comment, fill out a connect card, take a step of faith today, because although we are scattered as the church, we're still called to be the church, and we want to walk through this journey of faith with you. Mm. But maybe you do know Jesus Christ. Maybe he is your personal Lord and Savior. Rather than looking back to a decision that you made years ago, Have you made a decision today Mm -hmm. to trust him? Mm -hmm. Have you made a decision today to believe in what he has said over and above, even what you may feel or think or hear? Mm -hmm. And that's the challenge for us all today. Mm. It's been a treasure to do this with you. Absolutely. Can I pray for us? Please. Thank you for joining our family in North Charleston as we heard God's word preached today. We would love to connect with you. You can find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us a message to learn more about what Radiant Church is doing or support the vision of Radiant Church at radiantcharleston.com giving.